0: How would you like a 300% ad revenue increase on your content website? Hi, this is Jared Krause, host of the Buying Online Businesses podcast. And in this episode, I'm speaking with Colm Dolan, who is an ex-Google employee, who is now the CEO and co-founder of PubLift, which helps bloggers, content site owners, and publishers simplify their ad tech, helps their clients to see an average of 55% uplift in ad revenue. In this podcast episode, Coleman and I speak about what stops content site owners from making more money from their ads? What are some of the the myths and the mindset things that they need to get past? We also talk about how to track user experience on your sites and ad load and how to increase your ad load, decrease your ad load based on user experience and the data points that you need to be looking at to allow you to increase your ad revenue, but also keep your viewers happy. Colm and I also talk about what are some of the best ad placements that make good income for your blog, where they can be, how often to use them and all that sort of stuff. We also talk about how his company PubLift actually works, how they partner with bloggers, what they do, uh, how they make money and how they can help content site owners make a lot more money from their ads as well. Colm is a really great guy. He is just down the road from me in Australia and just is fully down to earth and really has a great service and a great product to offer with PubLift.com. Where we discuss a lot about that in the podcast, but there's, if you own a content site or you're going to own a content site or want to own a content website, this is such a valuable episode that you don't want to miss enjoy do you want to build or grow your content website niche website builders have helped hundreds of people to take their content websites from a few hundred dollars per month to over tens of thousands of dollars per month with crafted content creation buying age domains and link building strategies these strategies have helped people increase their traffic authority monthly earnings and their website valuation too head to niche forward bob to get 10% off any link building or 10% more from their content creation services. That's nichewebsite.builders forward slash Bob forward slash. I'll put a link in the description too. Colm, hello, welcome. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me, Jared. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this one. We got connected a while ago now, um, and congratulations on everything that's been going on in your life. now you've been busy family-wise. Yeah, so looking forward to digging in now. Uh, I wanted to, like, straight up, Publift. What is Publift for people that don't know what Publift is, I- your company?
1: Yeah, sure. Uh, so it's, a, it's an ad monetization business. So basically, we, we help publishers increase their their ad revenue. Uh, so, so my background was, was Google, so I used to work in... Google started out in, in, in Dublin, and then moved over to, to the States and started out working AdWords side and then worked AdSense, uh, which is basically how publishers make money on the internet. Yeah. Um, yeah. So basically, um, yeah, sorry, my uh, working from home, the wife is around, so apologies for that. Um, so yeah, so basically, um, when I was at Google, I was giving advice to publishers on how to increase their, their ad revenue and giving them um, optimizations to do. But it was pretty frustrating because publishers couldn't implement those optimizations that, that I suggested that I could see would make them more money. And the reason they couldn't do it was because of, you know, lack of ad expertise or lack of developer expertise or maybe the confidence to do it. So I started Publifft basically with a mandate to try and increase revenue for publishers from an agnostic standpoint. So not really from Google standpoint, but wherever they could make money. And we we approached it really with a consulting kind of head as well and tried to be very hands-on and tried to do the work for them. And that has evolved really into being uh, technically a lot easier for publishers to do that. So what we'll do is give publishers a, a line of code and, they can implement that on the, on the website, and from there, we can do lots of different stuff like A B test different ad uh, locations, add different networks, add different demand partners, and basically take care of the revenue side of uh, a content website and, and everything that has to do with that because it is a very complex ecosystem. We're always trying to push to, to try and make money more money for publishers so that's a long-winded approach of, of what we do
0: yeah awesome awesome yeah a lot of people here listening uh looking to buy content sites uh and already have them and want to scale them so they're, they're definitely across adsense and you know there's different sorts of ways that you can have ad optimizations and different ad networks and stuff like that so are you is public not so much an ad network but helps you helps publishers link up with ad networks and uh what do you guys advise on placements and stuff like that or how does that work
1: yeah i suppose definitely not an ad network i suppose ad networks are um the evolution of ad network networks has, has gone to uh, ssps and um, so some ssps are kind of like pubmatic magnite um index exchange that kind of stuff and uh, the, the, where we differentiate from from these guys is how we compare ourselves we're a shopping comparison site i would say so um, for, for people in Australia, we're, we're finder.com.au that, that and we'll try and get the best SSPs and best ad networks available and put them all together and try to get the best price for a, a publisher. So that's kind of where we differentiate to, um, to ad networks really, Jared. What was the other part of that question?
0: I, uh, I I forget um, what the other part was, but I want to dive in a bit more about what you said is, is finder.com.au is kind of like my deal or something like that, right? So are you saying that yeah. you work with these these brands to find ads that can link in well with different types of publishers depending on what niche they exactly. to help them get exactly. premium advertising on their site? Um, yeah, so exactly.
1: Have, so if you're, if you're yeah. a publisher and you work, uh, 100% with Google or 100% with, with Rubicon or um, vice versa, you're, you're just two, two partners in general, you're limiting yourself to more more networks. For example, um, TripleLift have been an, uh, an SSP that we've worked really closely over with the last two years and they came from nowhere to, uh, I think, being our, our biggest SSP apart from, from Google. So these are things that we'll just try out in the background and, and A-B test and see, uh, do they have CPMs that will help our publishers? And sometimes it can help different publishers, in, in, depending on regions, depending on internet speed, anything like that. And also it's, it's navigating the, the header bidding landscape. So years ago, we, were, um, we just had a header bidding wrapper, and that was uh, superior intelligence than, than Google at the time. But everything has evolved now, and everyone really has, has header bidding wrappers. But what, what we have done on the tech side of things is got more involved in, in terms of multivariate testing and testing different the, the speed of our, our tag in, in different regions, the, um, how maybe a sticky ad unit compares to a, a static ad unit and A B test having three ad units compared to five ad units, what the impact viewability has on that. So our side of things has got really, really sophisticated. And I think that's why you're seeing globally more of a a massive increase in publishers going from AdSense to working with a partner. And I think the evolution also is that SSPs just do not have the resources to be as hands-on as businesses like us do. We're, we're very hands-on because each publisher is different. You know, each publisher has different demographics. Each publisher has, um, you know, different site load load speed. got A lot of publishers now use SPAs, um, which can run into difficulty with, with Core Web Vitals as well. So there's just, it needs a, a lot of hand-holding and a lot of, I suppose, tender loving care to, to each publisher, really. And that's something that we've really pioneered the one thing that we're always maybe a bit different to competitors is that we really care and we're just relentless to try and increase the, the revenue. And there's no hard and fast rule that says, oh, this is how you increase your revenue. It, it's a lot of testing, a lot of iterating, a lot of um, figuring out what works for one publisher and it's not what works for one publisher will work for the next
0: yeah and i think that's probably
1: the key difference with with ad networks ssps compared to us we're we're really hands-on i would say
0: yeah yeah Uh, that's you know the custom bespoke approach that can allow people to get that that extra level of revenue from the ads, right? Um, rather than the the generic generic version. So, uh, just for people listening um, that don't know, uh, SSP what does that stand for, and SPA what does that stand for? Uh, so many abbreviations in our in our lingo. Uh,
1: yeah. So SSP is server side platform, and um, SPA is single page application. So yep. how? Uh, single page application is a custom version of a website rather than um um uh, your uh, just custom uh, made true one of uh, wordpress
0: or something like that yeah great great and so talking about like we know that each niche so each demographic will respond differently to different ad placements and different types of ads but i wanted to bring up and talk about you know what are, what have you seen some of the most you know and this can be quite broad in general but what do you what have you found that are some of the most lucrative ad placements uh, or type of ads on this on the sites depending.
1: yeah i, I think depending on, on user preferences but a uh, web
0: interstitial has
1: has, has worked wonders in, in for lots of publishers so that's uh, an ad unit that you will appear that will take over the whole screen the cpms in that are, are, are really really high and um, other things really are uh, sticky footers so sticky footers generate a lot, a lot of revenue and that, that can be on, on mobile or, or, or desktop so that's just a uh, an ad unit that sticks to the, to the bottom of, of the webpage. Mm-hmm. And as you scroll up or down, it just stays there. So the viewability is very incredibly high. And I think the user experience is,
0: is, is pretty
1: decent as well. So I'd say this, the sticky footer is probably the, the best ad unit, I would say.
0: Yeah. And how do you guys go about the user experience um, versus going for more ad load uh, on the site and, you know, just ramping up revenue because there's a lot of studies and data that's been shown around you know the better the user experience the more people I mean the longer people are going to stay on your site the more pages they're going to view which means the more ads they're going to see you can have less ads uh, but have a higher um, revenue from those ads by having good user experience what are some of the things that you look at in terms of balancing good user experience experience on the site versus um, ad revenue or maxing ad load <laughs> I should I think I've asked yeah that, for sure that makes sense yeah I think
1: I think it's it's very much individual yet again and, and it depends what the publishers really want and it's just monitoring the data you know just testing like there is a lot of publishers that we refer to sometimes as, as ad jamming you know just jamming as, as many ads in there and just seeing how it works out does does it impact users does it not like if if publishers have user feedback forms, if they have analytics on their, on their website to see how engagement deteriorates or does it deteriorate from making one change or, or two changes like that. I think it's, it's very much testing because there's no hard and fast rule that says that, that I can just say to you, oh, well, if you put like a lot more ads on your web page that it is going to slow down, it probably will slow down. Hmm. Does that affect users? Potentially. But I've seen where it does, and I've seen where it doesn't. So it depends what, again, what type of user you're you're looking at. Is it is it some online gaming site? Is it um, content? Is are are, are people going to like for for big brands? You've got lots of big brands like like the Daily Mail and the Mirror and all these kind of stuff, and they're taking ad jamming to a whole new level. You know, <laughs> but and especially I think the American publishers as well are probably. We've always, as a business, been very keen on having a good user experience Mm. for our users just just trying to like we have a a mission previously to to make the the Internet a better user experience and, you know, have highly targeted ads and make good for for a user. But I think we realize that it's wrong of us to kind of go, well, publishers, I think you should do this because this is for the good of the Internet. I think lately we've kind of said, okay, well, I think you can make this much money by having this many ads or have this ad density. Um, Up to you, if you want that, you will make more money, but it could be the detriment of your site in in the longer term. It's just giving people options. And again, with doing A-B testing, A-B testing, we just tested on... 1% 1% of, of traffic and, and seeing if that, that works and, you know, it's, it's always good to work with publishers that are pretty savvy as well that they can look at that 1% and, and, and figure out that did it have a detrimental effect on, on user experience. and. Then make make decisions from there. I just think it's all it's all about testing.
0: Yeah, it's all it's all about the data. The data is going to help us make the better decisions, right? So digging into some of the data before we do, uh, I'm all about longer term, better user experience. I know that it's going to compound over time. It's going to make more ad revenue with a lower <laughs> ad density if you focus on user experience. But Obviously, there's that happy medium there. So how do you measure, like what are some of the things you look at? Like if you're going to increase the ad density or the ad load, whatever you want to call it on a on a content site, how do you measure how the user experience is performing? Do you, Are you looking at, you know, the bounce rate, um, the time on page? Uh, and are you know, you're watching that and seeing if that's degrading? And if so, by how much? And are there some rules that you kind of, you know, Things you track and rules that you use
1: i think there's no hard and fast rules there i think bounce rates uh page views per session is, is is also another good one to just see what it's like but it depends what type of, yeah for for content sites i suppose it is a lot of sites we work with are kind of you know gaming sites or calculator sites or something like that that it's people to just go on and, and get what they're looking for and then, then go off again so yeah. the bounce rates are pre- pretty high anyway. Yeah. Like it, it's different strategies for like our strategy has always been trying to make the most money possible for publishers. But if you have, you know, publishers sometimes that are, you know, they, they might make 90% of their revenue through display ad revenue or 10% of their revenue through display ad revenue, 90% from affiliate. selling, selling, yeah, affiliate or selling native ads directly. Or mm-hmm. sponsorships or, or different stuff like that, you know. Well, that has to be taken into account of w- what their strategy is, and, and for that, then it's it's definitely uh, less display ads because it's it's probably going to slow down the site. It's probably going to lessen user experience. So, absolutely. But again, I think this is there's no hard and fast rule here. This is when the publisher knows the business the best. Like we can offer advice and and tell them. What what work our our mandate really is to is to give publishers the ammunition to be able to make that incremental ad, ad revenue uh, whenever they, they kind of want. And yes, we can. It's a it's a consultative partnership, and it's it's like this when we onboard a new client, we kind of ask them upfront, "Do you want how aggressive do you want your ad layout to be?" Yeah. and it's very consultative, and you work with a range of different characters that would like that to be yes, high or very low. And user experience is so um, important to us, and in the Gap case, we will have very low density, and we will work very closely with you know our developers. Often go on calls with um, them to, to figure out how we can uh, like reduce the speed of our tag. All this kind of custom. Integrations to, to make sure that it's a really good. To, to they're hitting their goals, you know. It's it's very much customized again to what what the publisher wants, and we can tailor our our, our service and our, our technology to, to help them in any way possible.
0: Yeah, that's great. That's great. And so there's so many questions I have for you, but what you know, when somebody says uh, we want a decreased, you know, we, we we don't want to have a high ad load. Uh, what do you what do you then do? Do you you go and try and find ads that are going to produce the same amount of revenue as what a high ad load site would, so you can still get them results? Because I'm sure you you have to find the happy medium between your suggestions and their their what they value to ensure that you can get them a result as a client, right? Yeah, hundred
1: percent, hundred percent. There's always ways and means. So it, it's it's kind of question yeah. like if you have a website that wants maybe three ad units on, on their site. Okay, well, we can work with that. We said, make sure those ad units are in high viewability locations, You know, preferably over uh, 90%. Let's not put any ad units uh, below the fold that are, that are not sticky. Mm-hmm. Let's make sure it's sticky and ha- has those high viewability rates that will make agencies and advertisers want to buy more of that that demographic, that that audience, and then work at, at at a strategy to say if you're a content publisher, that there's there's a few ways you can approach it. Like if you're hard and fast, just trying to get more users and your your bounce rates are, are high, well then add density could be could be pretty high. But if you want to create, as you said before, that loyal audience that wants to stick with you for a long while, well I often have discussions and say, right, well what's the overall strategy of the business? Okay, display ads is is one area, but what else do you do? Do you want to build up sponsorships with people? You know, is this a specific kind of, you know, highly lucrative kind of men's targeted fashion brand or something like that? And if it is, right, how can we work? You know, you, you you have you want to you're making content to maybe get Rolex interested in buying ads in your site. You know, yeah. Maybe Rolex want to have video engagements. Maybe Rolex want to have a really cool custom native ad that your site becomes more and more lucrative. So then you're kind of you're focusing more on a specific audience, which is great. You know, specific that that maybe menswear audience is, is a great audience, or any other type of audience, small business people kind of audience, whatever it is. You kind of stick to your niche and try and really focus on that. How how can you make this maybe a premium service? You know, maybe there's a there's a side of this. And we've had publishers that like Matt of Many in Australia is are really successful, publisher publisher works with us and they've uh, created their own retail brand. You know, th- these these kind of things that are really exciting for, for the publisher. But I'd always be trying to get the publisher to think outside the box and not just display yeah. revenue if that that's where, where they're going because you see a lot of publishers, like the publishing business, has struggled really. Content publishers over the last ten years, and you've seen, you know, Make.com, the US Buzzfeed, all of these guys having to, to deviate and and, and make sure. other businesses. You know, they've made kind of, um, I think, was it Make or Drive made a, a, a car reseller kind of uh, comparison site or something like yeah. that. You, know, you always yeah. have to be thinking outside the box. Retail is a big thing with with content publishers if they they can make a brand and i encourage it you know like who knows what's going to happen to display advertising over over the years you know i think it's 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 good to diversify
0: yeah that's right you you run you run some risk i I talk a lot about risk when buying businesses um and you can run a risk of having, having single source dependency um and then you could run a risk you know, on just ad revenue, then you could run a risk of having single source dependency on maybe one ad partner who, for example, is Rolex and they're 80, 70 to 80% of your advertising income and they decide we we aren't going to continue running ads on the site, there's that risk there as well. What, you know, if that is a if that is a um a thing that publishers find hard to get around in, in terms of diversification in, in income and revenue stream. Um, within ads what are some of the other things that hold them back with getting more ad revenue or better ad revenue um, for their sites in terms of
1: what we just talked about the diversification or just in terms of
0: just in um, terms of general in their site like what are some of the common myths that publishers may have that are like holding them back from being able to increase their ad revenue is there you know is there a thing like oh no i'd I want max ad load uh, or ad density or to, to, you know, not enough um, ad density um, or wanting to only work with a certain type of brand that may do okay, but there may be another brand that is better for them. Is there any other, are there any myths that could be holding them back from getting the best out of their, their demographic? Yeah, I,
1: I think it's like, like what we just discussed. Okay. So publishers could be looking at an article in ad exchange or they could sign up for digiday or something like that and and say digiday have an article saying oh display advertising is dead you shouldn't put any ad units below the fold you should offer a premium level of you know three dollar price floor on any ads above the fold so publishers might have uh, be thinking oh that's what i should do for my brand you know but the person <laughs> writing that that column on digiday could be working for you know a, a high class uh, content publisher and, and the publisher's business may not be that high class publisher, you know? Yeah, so yeah. again, it goes back. There's no hard and fast rule for, for everyone in this environment. Like it's so complex. It really, mm-hmm. really is mm-hmm. that uh, I, I always, my life, I'm always just open to, to anything and, and, and try not judge uh, everything too much. I, I do think that it's becoming more and more apparent, apparent now that publishers are working with partners rather than just AdSense um, yeah. and I, I do think there's a clear benefit of the, the partners as, as we just discussed and I think, look, I'll be perfectly honest with you I don't think there's much difference in the technology that we're doing compared to lots of other uh, competitors because we've we've been tested numerous numerous times and there's you know, there's, there's 3 or 4% here and there um, every time and it just goes back to service really and the, the, most of the, the technology out there is, is is open source anyway and there's been no groundbreaking uh, advancements but it, it always comes down to ana- analyzing the data and and seeing what works well and see what doesn't work well and service to make those decisions because it's still a, a quite um manual service like google with all their engineers have uh you know every publisher i talk to hates auto ads the adsense auto ads feature that yes yeah. regenerates your site and yeah and so with the resources they have and they haven't built good enough ai for for that yet i don't think there's much hope for the um smaller guys in, in the market like us to to, to make something that, that's not the case that that may not happen in another few years but the feedback we always get from publishers is that oh we've tried out a couple of other ad companies and you guys are are, are the best because of service like it mm. basically comes down to, to that level of, of service and, and testing and just being able to be nimble to get our cto on a call with with a client and it, it, it's an advantage being small sometimes as well that there's not the it's a very flat organization that we run so there's not the bureaucracy uh, there as well so mm. We we kind of if if a publisher needs help we kind of put all all resources to it at that specific time,
0: and and, and that's good to be able to do it from that angle. Yeah, I think when you can't compete on product uh, development, then service is you know if you've got the best service you're gonna win for sure. Coming back to uh, just for people that are thinking like all oh, right cool if I work with an ad partner how does it how does it work like how do they get like. Say if somebody comes to Publift and like, all right, cool. I want to work with Publift. Um, how do how do you get paid? Uh, do you you know have a percentage fee? Like how does it work for most yeah, partnerships?
1: Yeah, we take we take a revenue share. Yeah. Um, so we take a, a revenue share, a flatline revenue share, and we have no locking contracts. It's just month to month. Uh, we we onboard you and. Uh, we're – pretty relentless to try and make sure that we're increasing revenue from what you've, you've done before, whatever the, the goals of the publisher is. Mm. And yeah, that's that's kind of how we operate, no locking contracts and um, depending on size, potential, uh, what what resources we, we throw at, at, at publishers, um, and just, just try and test everything to, to make sure we're making more money.
0: Great. And is there a minimum, a traffic requirement uh, that a, the site should have before they sort of go, oh, I'm going to work with a partner like yourself?
1: Yeah, it's probably a couple of million um, page views per month. I think the, the, the minimum is about um, $10,000 in terms of, of ad revenue. Uh, but again, that's, uh, as we go further down the funnel, that's probably, I and mean, we get more advanced in our onboarding and, and technological uh, capabilities to, to, to do something in the self-service reading and that's probably going to go down, but there's all, there's no, um, like we get a lot of leads, uh, inbound leads per month now. And at the moment we, we do have to turn away quite a, a few leads, but yeah. we're hoping that we can uh, build a platform to service them further down the line. So if, if any publishers out there want to, uh, on something by us, we're more than happy to answer any questions or, see if you'd
0: be a fit <laughs> you just opened yourself up to a world of emails uh, and leads <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have we have some strong action takers listening to this podcast so you definitely will um get some people emailing you i, I want to ask um we talked about one of your uh, results with the calculator site what you know what got run us through like what were some of the things, like maybe two or three things that you did that helped you get a great result with that site? And what, how, what, were, the, what were the results?
1: Yeah, it's a Australian site, paycalculator.com.au. And so we started working with them, I think about two years ago or something like that. And we um, it, this is just a side job for the publisher. He had a, a, a main job as a developer. And the, the st- story I like about that is that he gave up his day job and is now concentrating fully on, on paycalculator.com.au. So... <laughs> It's, it's a bit of a romantic love story that I, that I <laughs> um, sends a, a shiver up my spine every time I think about it. Um, and yeah, that's why I love working with, with small publishers as well because most publishers have a passion and they give up their day job and work on their passion and then they make a life out of that and, you know, of ultimate freedom, which mm-hmm. I, I love working with people like that and love hearing their their story. So um, I'm happy to talk to many different publishers. I always loved doing that, But yeah, I think basically... Rob is a developer and he just didn't have the, 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 know-how working with AdSense. Like you, you work with AdSense and I worked at Google. You just don't have the resources to talk to these publishers on a daily basis or talk to these publishers even once a year. Like a lot of publishers give out and say that they've never heard from Google. Yeah, And I, I work there. It's It's not that you just, the resources aren't just put there. It's, it's, it's it's that self-service kind of um, capability. Unless you're making like a lot of money per per year as a publisher, you're not gonna get um, looked upon. So uh, when we reach out to them and just do a custom layout optimization, like adding, uh, like looking at their website that people go on and check how much tax they're gonna pay for for a year and they stay on the site for a long time. So an ad ad refresh worked really well there. So just adding an an ad unit refresh um, increasing the viewability of, of, of the ad units by making some sticky, and it's it's been a constantly evolved partnership with with Pay Calculator. Maybe we brought them on two years ago and increased the revenue by, I think it was over three hundred percent. It was uh, something really big. But again, it's been you know every every six months or or, or thereabout, or, or when we have new products, um, we we roll them out on this site and we constantly gain uh, a, a bit more on on that. 300 uh, percent so mm. uh, I would say that the biggest thing there was was, was probably the the agent refresh and, and looking at the,
0: the amount of time
1: uh, a user spends on their site
0: yeah that's great it's great to see that just by having the right eyes um, such as you guys PubLift and then the right steps actionable steps with the availability of resources you can have in, in reaching out to those advertisers to be able to you know, it seems seems like so simple for a, a publisher to do themselves, um, but you know, having the strategy and having the resources is not always something that they have. That can get them to that three hundred percent increase in ad revenue, right? So that's where most people are lacking. Yeah, and I think I think it's very hard for publishers as well because they get
1: contacted every week by lots of different businesses like us saying we can increase your revenue we can increase your revenue, your revenue just just do this just do that mm. and the biggest thing is is just trust because we've come across so yeah. many publishers in the past that have got screwed over by by businesses like us you know we've got a, probably a bad reputation because you know people haven't paid on time people haven't um, said that increased revenue haven't increased revenue and then just you don't hear from them like you hear really bad stories and I can understand why a publisher would not want to work with some partners or any partner in general. And when you have, you know, a big brand like Google, you know, you're going to get paid every 30 days. Like your revenue mightn't be as good as working with a partner, but you know, Google aren't going to go bust. So that's that's a big thing for, for us and something that we've we've had to overcome really, especially when we're talking to like most of our new new sales come from, from the U.S. And, and Europe. And we've got, um, we're building out a team in Europe and we've got someone there in the last year or so. Um, but again, it's it's like you're this business from Australia and it's, it's gone quite global over the last two years. And, you know, one of the things that we always do is is, is ensure that we never miss a payment. And we we, we, we have payment terms and we, we normally get there like a couple of days beforehand just to ensure that that, feel safe and, and secure and that's that's one of the madness it's one of the the, the five things we, we we try and give to publishers one is increasing revenue but um two is making them feel safe and secure because it's a lonely world as a publisher very lonely world like, like a lot of publishers we work with are probably you know one or two man bands and they don't know who to trust you know it's, it's kind of similar starting your own business like like my journey is on it's it, it can be a lonely enough place when you're running your own business and then you'd be have a bit of success and then people kind of piggyback on you and kind of say oh you should do this and should do that and kind of like oh i don't know what to do and then it's the same for publishers they're kind of like oh we'll talk to this person and they seem really genuine and trustworthy and and then they get messed around so yeah yeah, even if and we've had situations where look where where stuff hasn't worked out for publishers in the past with us before but one thing we always do is kind of you know if they've lost money for one reason or another we'll pay them back and we'll um speak with them and and, and hold our hand and like i've had a few situations where publishers have kind of left us where they kind of go well well thank you very much you know it's, it's never been a sour kind of mm. oh well publish screwed us over that's not the way we operate because it's just i think fundamentally the most important thing is businesses just being morally good people you know and being open and transparent and yes of course we've made mistakes and lots of times and we continue to make mistakes but uh, if if we do we'll, we'll give money back to the publisher or, or whatever the mistake is made we'll we'll tell them up front there's plenty of situations where we we didn't have to do that but it's always inbuilt into me from my, my background my parents and it's the yeah. same thing with everyone in the business it's, it's just fundamental to building that trust of the
0: publisher i agree and you know, reputation is far more important than money and also just being a good person is far more important than money and, and doing the right thing. I really resonate with you around when you first, um, you know, start getting some success as a publisher or when you start first start your own business not knowing what to do, not knowing who to trust. That's where we fit in as well with our business is helping people buy businesses and really like don't just try and do it yourself, lean on the right people for support Um, without, you know, people don't get results if they have unanswered questions really and don't know what to do because they get stuck and they do nothing. So I think you guys really uh, do that well, um, which... I think we've lent, lent into that a lot with our business too. But I want to ask, where can people go away and find more about PubLift and, and you and you know, if they want to have a chat with you guys or ask questions, where should they go?
1: Yeah, sure. Our website is probably the best resource, publift.com. And we've got a lot of resources there in terms of the the technology that we've built out recently. I think in the last six months, we've really made a lot of advancements in, in our tech. So publishers can see what we do there. You can also see like a lot of publishers that sign will look everywhere on the website to find out what type kind of business we are. I think it's important to look into, you know, different sections about us, how the journey started. I've got a couple of other podcasts on there where I talk about life and philosophy and getting to, to know me. And I think that's really important for, for any publisher, just to get to know what kind of people we are, because we have a really, really, really strong cu- culture published And it's, it's, it's from myself and Tobin, my, my co-founder as well, and it's, it's not hard it's just being sound and a good person <laughs> and just resonating that down business is not hard uh, to me it's, it's just yeah. like just being a solid dude uh so that's reiterator right through the, the business and we we have fun and don't take ourselves too seriously and
0: that's why i think publishers like um working with us so many so many things that I resonate with there. Thank you so much, guys. Check that out. There'll be links in the show notes. Thank you for coming on, Com. Really greatly appreciate having you here. Uh, we could probably dive in more and maybe we have another podcast coming up in the future. So thanks for coming on. Sure, Jared.
1: Anytime. And uh, yeah, I'll call up the,
0: the Gold Coast and visit you in person. Yeah, let's do that for sure. Everybody that is listening, thank you for listening as well. If you own a content site, make sure you took notes. If not, listen to this again. If you know somebody that wants to buy a content site or owns a content site, site, this is a hugely valuable podcast to send. So please feel free to share this with anybody that is in that bracket. Thanks for listening. Speak to you guys soon. Bye.